0: The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast
1: with your hosts, Kyle Borganoni and Matthew Betts.
0: Welcome in Tuesday, September 19th, Spanish Footballers DFS Embedding Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Borga and I am joined, as always, by Matthew, he's not sponsored yet, bets.
1: Hopefully soon, though, man. I mean, come on. I am wearing, um, this is my Flying Dog t-shirt. It's a brewery in Maryland, where my Ooh. wife's family is from, so shout out to Flying Dog Brewery, one of my favorites out there. Uh, but I, I love that little intro there, Kyle. You really made sure everyone knew exactly how to how to say your name. And I imagine after hearing that, everyone knows how to spell your name now. So well done, because you always get a hard time of, of when you intro the show, you go way too fast. No one knows what you're saying with your last name. So yeah, man, say it loud. Say it proud, dude. Come on, for the Borgs.
0: You got to keep things fresh in the relationship. And there's almost no closer relationship than that of a podcast. I mean, let's be honest, bets. There's spouses out there that say, "Man, I wish I could talk in my, you know, spouse's ear as much as you guys do." So I would say that we get a lot of, you know, close quality time, and that's that's a good love language for a lot of people. So yeah, as long as people are, you know, they're they're expecting me to go fast, I got to mix it up. I got to keep things fresh. I respect it. Uh, the the relationship of of podcasting in in the world is just years from now they're going to study this generation and say. What happened to them? What happened to those degenerate people that started just on a Tuesday listening to a podcast to talk about something that won't happen for the rest of the week? But that's where we're at with DFS for the rest of us. That's what this podcast is all about. So if you're new to DFS, you're in a good place. Uh, I think that's what our podcast is probably best at is making this inviting, but also going deeper for those that want to go deeper. We're going to recap week two, part of our cash process. I know some people are like, Are they going to come on the podcast and just hype their best things? No, we're going to be real. We're going to be transparent and just say, here's what went well. Here's what went wrong. Uh, If you wanted to jump on board Jamar Chase, that train, uh, join the club. And then we're going to turn the page, look at week three, talk about some of our favorite spots for the week, some early salary standouts, talk about all those things. So we're going to do that. So let's talk about that cash from week two. Straight cash, homie. Uh, you have a little note on here that I lost a water bet about Jarek McKinnon.
1: But yeah, let's just my... let's start the show there. Um, why you got to pay up, dude? I mean, Jarek McKinnon. Imagine, imagine putting your, yourself on the line with Jarek McKinnon. It couldn't be me, literally. Could not be me. Uh, Kadarius Tony didn't die. He was out there. He did some stuff finally for us. <laughs> Caught a couple passes. Um, it was kind of funny I actually. Had to, I was forced to play him in a dynasty league, and I was like, oh, this is gonna go so terribly. And it kind of came out of the gate like he was. He had a couple catches early. I was like, all right, here we go. This could be a thing. We got the report. Kelsey might be a little limited. I was like, man, this is lining up so well. And then, of course, he did like nothing for the rest of the game. So that's classic. But the bottom line is you're a loser.
0: Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm fine being a loser. But imagine paying out a water bet. Imagine. Does our company even do that anymore?
1: Yeah, I'm going to make sure people. everyone tag Kyle on Twitter, in Discord. Make sure he has to pay up. And I want him to record this. I want him to post it. And the best part would be like if one of your kids was like talking trash to you while you were doing it or something like that would be that would come you know full circle that would be great.
0: I'm gonna give an unpopular take and you know what I might lose some salary for this, okay? Oh, like I love the wheel of water. I love that we have an app for it. I love that it's part of the show's history. It doesn't bother me. I don't mind getting wet. Like I- I'll stand outside in the rain. I don't care. It just you like it it doesn't... It? You're sicko. Yeah, You're I know, sick, Kyle. It doesn't bother me that much to get wet. Like, it doesn't feel like that big of a punishment. And I will, I will, I was Mike's co-manager last year. And Mike was last place, so we were watered. And I was just getting doused over and over. And I go, it's fine. I don't mind. <laughs> like, you know, there's lots of worse punishments out there in fantasy football. So I will say this about Guderius Tony, He is good at targets per outrun. That is what, if you're in a league that only rewards for that, bets on the season, he's at 38.5%.
1: That's what he does, man, and that's what he was doing last year, which was just hilarious.
0: Yeah, but in my Snaps league, uh, Jerk McKinnon, uh, he outsnapped him. So, anyway, let's talk about our cash lineups and the pain that you might have experienced. I also think it's important, and I wrote this up, if you really want a further dive into my cash lineup every single week on the website, I give a free article that is Borg's cash lineup review for each week and I go pretty in depth. I even get to show very, very exclusive content that only Bets and I got to message back and forth. That's the kind of stuff you get to see. I mean, that is that is prime stuff, like our Slack messages. So if you say something stupid, Bets, I might use it.
1: I'm terrified now. I gotta be, I'm put on notice here.
0: Yeah, but I just want to say this. It's easy to lock into one person in a lineup and say they cost me. When cash lineups are constructed from a decision tree. If you go down this lane, it opens up this door. Um, If you go towards this player, it closes the doors to other players. You know, like for instance, I played Jaden Reed. And so because I played Jaden Reed and I had him in our top plays, I took out Luke Musgrave. Okay. Which that's just how I did. I didn't want two Packers in my lineup. It also meant I didn't play AJ Dillon. So that could work. But also on the other end, it took me off certain other plays. So I, Puka was a player that was in my final pool He was in my final two lineups, and then he didn't make the final one because of how I constructed my roster. So just think about that, like instead of zeroing in on certain players. Also, I'll just say this. It was Josh Kelly week, and a lot of people said he was bad play. And yes, the results were really bad. I will say that Josh Kelly did not cost people because 61% of the field in my double up was on him, and we know that at least half the field cashed. It's what he allowed you to do to pay up at other positions. I think what this slate came down to is, did you pick the correct elite play? Because there was like, what, 10 elite guys between running backs and wide receivers that we liked this week, and if you're on the wrong side, if you had Calvin Ridley or Jamar Chase or I don't know, if you had both of them or Josh Jacobs or all three of them, then you were like me. You didn't cash. So um, I had the full write-up there. I was on Josh Allen. I loved Josh Allen this past week, and I felt great about that part of the process Debo Samuel did totally fine for my roster, but at the end of the day, I did not hit the cash line.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a very tough slate, I thought, in general, for cash, because I'm not kidding when I said I made seven or so teams and felt very good about all of them. And that's when you know it's a very difficult slate where it's like this isn't so uh clear cut of, of who you should be playing. And it's it's harder in those slates because it does usually come down to, you know, a two v2, a one v1. Um, I had a lineup that I went with that I felt very good about, honestly, since Friday evening, and I stuck with it through the weekend. It was an Anthony Richardson lineup. It had the three stud wide receivers, Chase, Devontae, uh, and Calvin Ridley. It had some cheap running backs. It had Rashad White. It had Joshua Kelly, Luke Musgrave. And then I kind of sat there and I thought about it Sunday morning, and I really, really, really got terrified of the Josh Allen potential massive game. You and I talked about that. Just an awesome get right spot at home. When are we ever getting Josh Allen below 8K? Last year when he was just on fire, we were paying like 8.2 and trying to figure out how to jam him in, right? So it just felt like a really good spot. So I ended up coming off Richardson to Allen, came off uh, Rashad White, up to David Montgomery and down to Debo. So it kind of had this like decision tree that that kind of flowed like you were saying. Um, and overall, I did fine in head to heads. I missed the cash line in, in double ups. But... It definitely hurt, I'm not going to lie, it hurt when Anthony Richardson comes out for two rushing scores like in the first quarter. I was like, oh no, here here we go. Rashad White has an awesome day, a career day, in fact. Uh, that hurt, but it's kind of what happens, and, and you roll with it. Fortunately, I had a pretty good week in a smaller field GBP that helped you know, still kind of stabilize everything and, and still come up uh, in the green. But yeah, for cash, man, it was rough this week. It was very difficult, and I think, honestly, one of the more difficult cash slates that I can remember in a pretty long time.
0: Yeah, my final swap was between, yeah, I ended with Jacobs, Ridley, and Debo instead of Pollard, Devontae Adams, and Puka. So that's what cost me. And some people might say, well, then why don't you just play two cash lineups? You could have like, you know, you could have been fine. If I would have done that last week, you could have seen the other side of that equation because I went 100% in head-to-heads last week, which was insanely hot. But if I would have switched off, I probably would have ended more like at 60, 70%. So there's two sides to it. And I just want to give this adage. We brought this up on the podcast. I bring it up a lot. We are more open to the possibility of almost being right than almost being wrong. Like I could have almost been wrong last week easily by who I switched off of. And this week, same thing. I I caught the other side of it. So keep that in mind. Don't try to justify things or make things sound better. That's why we get to, I get to post Hey, here's what happened. Here's my pool of players. Here's what it gets to look like. But um, still, I, I think a lot of people understand that there's a pool of players, there's opportunity cost. it's it's a fun part of the process, okay? so so stay with us as we give our cash picks throughout the week. But let's talk about some big winners. Money, 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 money. In the DFS past, man, we had some fun winners this week. Uh, I know cash for some people, like we mentioned, was tough. But one of my favorites, one of my favorites this week, bets was from 2Drags23. All right, they posted this in Discord. I've never won a tournament before. And then they said too bad it was just the, you know, 25-cent quarter jukebox on DraftKings. They turned 25 cents into $600. And I just want to say this. That is a hard tournament. That is a really hard tournament because a lot of people, like myself, have max entered that in the past and so that's one hundred and fifty lineups at a quarter each that's over thirty seven dollars that's it to to kind of try out the optimizer so that is a tough tournament. so no shame in saying it was just a twenty five cent but you won a tournament two drags twenty three. congratulations
1: uh, I would love to turn thirty seven dollars into six hundred <laughs> that sounds pretty sweet doesn't matter what uh you know level of entry fee you play like that's phenomenal so that's 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 awesome and like you said, part of the fun of some of these lower stakes contests is if you're not an MME player and you're trying to get used to it, like this is where you do it. You don't do it in the milli where you're having to go up against a ton of people that do this all the time and have the bankroll. You can do it where you can actually max enter at an affordable rate. And with this win, like potentially maybe you jump up into the next kind of tier of, of contests you play. So yeah, congrats. That's That's awesome. Super yeah. fun when that happens.
0: Yeah, has uh, ones that are just a nickel. So if you want to try out the optimizer and say, hey, I've never done 150, you can use that. It's it's just a way for you to say, hey, I don't have the bankroll to in the MillieMaker to put that up. So yeah, feel free to do that on showdown slates, whatever it is. I'll read another one. We got an email that came in. Holy, and then I'll have to blank out some stuff. Holy expletive boys. Thank you for the knowledge, input, and hard work placed in all my DFS contests this week. I thought last week was just a fluke but for the price of a coffee per day, you've paid for my family's Christmas. Dude, we're making Christmas happen in September. So this is from Fantasy Nobody, but that's what we're all about. The the Christmas spirit in September,
1: right? I love it. Christmas is my favorite holiday. Um, I'm excited for it this year. And this person apparently is too. And that's super fun. Like We love what we do because it's just fun. And the best part of it, I think, is not just of like, when I do well or Kyle does well like truthfully we care so much about how you guys do so getting stuff like this um you know makes our day so we appreciate it and congrats that's phenomenal
0: i'll give one more shout out from benny hana in the discord i really like this one it says i kept the train rolling i'm 2-0 and in cash moving on hashtag keenan allen forever which come on keenan allen catches touchdowns now
1: hey we're going to talk about him later
0: don't spoil it i love it i love it so if you want to get the dfs pass you go to dfspass.com. If you got the ultimate draft kit way back in the day, you know, as in like a month ago, you can upgrade for an even cheaper cost and use the promo code DFSPOD to save some money. So go to dfspass.com and you can get it on in that boat. Let's talk about the slate. State of the main slate. Each week, Betts and I refer to the sportsbook lines that we find at DraftKings. That's where Betts and I play. You go to sportsbook.draftkings.com, and before we talk about the week three slates and the lines, let's check in on a couple of wagers that we've made, and I'll let you start us off, bets.
1: Yeah, let's talk about some of the ones that are not going uh, so great, and I just want to turn this back to our best ball season. Man, I really wanted to get that mid-tier option at quarterback this year. You know, Last year, it was Jalen Hurts that just smashed your fantasy. If you got uh, Justin Fields late, he was incredible. This year, I was like, okay, I don't love the round two guys. Like, maybe I can get this mid-range guy. I took a lot of Deshaun Watson. I took a lot of Deshaun Watson stacks. The Browns look horrible. And look, I mean, let's not bury the lead. Like, the Nick Chubb injury is the storyline here. And, man, I just feel for, like, him, the human being of the injury that he had. It's devastating, and, and obviously that has ramifications for fantasy. But besides that, like, Deshaun Watson looks broken. I mean... It's Hard to watch, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks when you look at EPA completion rate over expected, all those metrics through two weeks. I don't know, man. I, I think those teams might be, uh, might be dead. The other one that also looks terrible because Brock Purdy looks so good is San Francisco under 11 and a half yeah. wins, and yeah. it's a long season, so of course, things can change. But I was kind of worried about, you know, the Purdy, uh, just short sample size we had last year, of course, the elbow injury, the Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, like extravaganza going on in, in the background and then you know a team that potentially looked to be primed for regression they do not look like they're going to regress they look awesome and now they've got a cake walk matchup on thursday night as 10 and a half point favorites against the giants without saquon so they're looking like they're probably going to start three and zero bad news for the under 11 and a half out there
0: yeah no I, I did a deep dive on brock purdy which we'll be talking about in the dynasty show that comes out wednesday and it's just hard based on the system to look at this team and say they're going to fail. Like with Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey in the lineup, they've averaged 32 points like in their in their span. So when you're scoring that much, you have a good defense. I mean, it was close, right, with the Rams like it was they were tested, but you you kind of knew they were going to pull it out. Yeah, and it's almost hard to fail.
1: Like with the weapons he has, it's it's honestly hard to fail. Now he has to play well enough, be in the right spot, make the right read, deliver the ball in time, all those things. Nothing to take away from him. But it is hard to fail when your weapons are Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, who, by the way, is playing 100% of snaps. What is happening? He's going to break fantasy, dude. Um, So yeah, the Niners are fun right now.
0: All right. So one that hasn't gone so well, and and no one, not even you, could see this coming, but I had some Chargers divisional uh, (laughs) futures. I, for one, am shocked. (laughs) Man, Two weeks in a row, this team is leading in the fourth quarter and they lose. But we kind of saw that happen. It's going to happen again and again, especially in the AFC. Starting the season 0 and two is a death sentence. Now, the division, like the Chiefs, are leading the division at one and one, so it's it's possible. It's still possible, but I just don't feel great about those. I will give you one that hit this past weekend. I took a little drive this weekend. I was telling bets I drove to North Carolina then to Tennessee on Saturday, and then back to North Carolina on Saturday, and then back to Georgia on Sunday. So it was quite a little triangular drive that I took. And when I crossed the Tennessee state line, I said to myself, I feel so confident in my Dalton Kincaid over that I'm going to parlay it because that's what I need to do, right? That is, that is the best way to do props, right? Is just if you feel strong about something, <laughs> parlay it with a bunch of other stuff obviously (laughs) all the time when bets we have a channel in our company slack and bets will post you know when he's adding stuff and i i feel like all the time different people like jeremy are just like sweet well i'll parlay all of your bets together it's like buddy (laughs) come on just like what could go wrong one at a time so i did simple one dalton Kincaid over his receiving yards josh allen over 224 passing yards and the bills to win That sounds pretty simple right yeah that was nice it was great, and I got an odds boost enough to be able to cover a lot of my losses from my cash. So that was nice to be able to parlay that together. So go to sportsbook.draftkings.com if you want to play. Let's move on to week three and talk about the games that we need to pay attention to bets. So hit me with the 50-point total and our top team implied totals for the week.
1: Dude, this Chargers and a Minnesota game it sounds so fun. I mean, 54 points, And it is by far the highest total on the slate as of our recording you will not see another one north of 50 that's kind of been the trend is that there's been some lower totals early in the season um but there we usually like we're talking about right last week it was like casey and jacksonville and it was like oh it's at 51 you know it's fine it's not like this elite tier game environment vikings and chargers 54 points looks awesome uh the top five team implied totals on the slate are the chiefs at 30 and a half we've got dallas almost at 28 points Miami and the Chargers are tied at 27 and a half. Minnesota, Jacksonville right behind them tied at 26 and a half. And then Baltimore at 26. So we have pretty high team totals for some teams that we were aggressively stacking in best ball. Um, and the market is certainly on them here. So it looks like these are gonna be the teams that we wanna target this week.
0: I think this is a great lesson for people that are new to DFS and maybe just a refresher. But the teams that have the top one, you mentioned Kansas City and Dallas. They're over 12 point favorites, okay so this is like you you kind of have to learn like what do I do when the team on the other side like the Cardinals and the Bears are the worst some of the worst teams in the league do I have a bring back? So often we'll talk about these as on slot stacks. you can lean into a team like Kansas City or Dallas get three pieces and then maybe the bigger question is do you bring it back uh, with those other teams and I found more often than not you don't have to like it. Right now, if you're playing three Cowboys, who on the Cardinals do you feel most confident bets in bringing it back for a tournament?
1: Why are you laughing? I just don't know. <laughs> uh, also, uh, shout out to Josh Dobbs. I did not know you could ball like that. Just <laughs> smack me in the face, hitting his over on his as uh, DFS pod listener, garbage. Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Um, truthfully, if you were, the only player I think you could confidently say, and not even confidently, but like, the field never plays him and he's touching the ball 20 plus times is James Connor. He was, you know, what's
0: funny is our optimizer loved him this past week.
1: I couldn't do it. I know. And he was, And he was good. He, he was good. Was very good. Same <laughs> thing.
0: Him and Rashad white. When I look at them play football, I go, this isn't the most beautiful thing. Like James Conner, I know what he is. This, like this long in the league, like a bruiser tough can catch the ball so it's really hard but sometimes the optimizer looks past the emotional part of playing fantasy football right so with onslaught stacks though like for the cardinals you can get a cheap player i don't know like michael wilson still running routes i just think that at the end of the day you lean into teams you lean into team implied totals and in good offenses not so much saying i have to force another player so when we talk about stacking and bring backs you don't have to every single time. Okay, that's 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 kind of my point. So, think about think that too, this week.
1: Real quick, Kyle on that. I think too it matters on which site you're playing a little bit more. Like if you're playing on FanDuel where touchdowns matter so much, not that they don't matter on DraftKings, but guys can get there, you know, with like eight catches for 90 yards and it, it's in PPR, that's fine. Um and it's, if you get the 300 or the the 100-yard bonus, excuse me, for like a receiver, that can work and you don't have to get there as a touchdown scorer. So, I think it's very different on FanDuel. Like these games where these guys or these teams aren't predicted to score many touchdowns, it's tougher in that situation. You could talk me into like, okay, and not just on this slate, but like in future slates. I remember there was a slate two years ago, three years ago, where like the Chiefs were favored by like 14 points and no one wanted to play the Jets on the other side. But like, I don't know, Braxton Berrios or whoever was on the roster at that point racked up catch after catch after catch in a negative game script. That kind of stuff can work. But on Fandle where touchdowns matter, just... You need to think a little more critically about it, I think, personally. So in terms of the games that
0: are going to be most popular this week, it's obviously Chargers and Vikings is just sexy. It's two teams that are 0-2 that'll break your hearts, and maybe both of them could lose this game. That's how it feels like. Both of them are destined to lose this game. But at a 54 total, it's great. Minnesota, they've still kept up what they did last year, which is a high pass rate over expectation. They ranked second in the league behind the Chiefs, I love that. Here's what I'm trying to figure out with Minnesota because they're a defense that you've always been able to kind of pick on. And Brian Flores is their defensive coordinator, you know, former Dolphins head coach. He used to be a guy that ran the highest rate of man coverage in the league. And it was kind of like, okay, if it's a Brian Flores defense, that's what you can do. He's kind of gone the exact opposite this year. And they have one of the lowest rates. So I can't really use some of my past like spreadsheets and go, oh, this is what I can exploit. And this is what I can see. So it's a matchup later on in the week. I think we'll get a better feel when you and I go through this game as obviously one of the best games to stack that I can say, okay, on the Chargers side, here's what I prefer to do. Because if you're seeing more zone coverage, then, you know, they have certain players that can eat that up. So we still don't know with Austin Eckler. Do you have any updates about his status?
1: No, I don't. The the team said they don't have any updates either. So we're just gonna have to rely on practice reports this week. Uh, The injury was a mild high ankle sprain. So even though it's mild, it could still be another week before we see Eckler. So we'll have to wait and see if he does not play. I know people are burned by Josh Kelly, but he's another great tag this week. He's very cheap. He could fit this game stack or as a cash option.
0: All right. So tell me another game that you are interested in before
1: the week. Yeah, this I'm kind of cheating here. It's the KC game, and it's mostly just Kansas City, (laughs) truthfully, because they have, like we said, the highest team implied total. They're 13-point favorites. They're at home. We saw Mahomes and Kelsey limited last week, and we took an under in props on Kelsey just because we didn't think the books were uh, factoring in the possibility that he wasn't 100%, and we saw he wasn't 100%, but Kelsey is now cheaper, and he will be healthier this week, and Mahomes bottled up two weeks in a row. Like I want to bet on him, obviously, every week, but certainly after two down weeks, I really want to bet on him having success against a Bears team that has been Bottom three, bottom five defense in the league through two weeks. They've been atrocious, and they're down one of their top corners. So sign me up for some home stacks this week.
0: What if I told you that I looked at the DK salaries and i I just glanced to see what Chase Claypool was, just to see. You know, just it was a, it was a it was a little tease. Nope, 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 nope.
1: I, I'm not saying
0: to play him. Okay, I'm <laughs> yes, definitely you not.
1: are.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying. There to play Sony, him. There
1: is Tony Chase Claypool, water bet?
0: No, no, I'm oh, no, okay. I'm not betting on this guy at all, ever. I just wanted to know. We did actually bet on him. Chase Claypool under. We bet against him. Oh, on the on the season, that's true. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're back. Let's keep talking about week three and. You've got a super, super, super sneaky game, which um, I love, and uh, got a little drop for that. Oh, no, it didn't work. Dang it, Kyle. You're one chance. Come on, man. I guess I'll have to display it on the Dynasty podcast. That at least helps me understand that this drop that I prepared for Dynasty doesn't work. We got to test it out in here. So give me your sneaky love game. Love
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I put down on the dock here, Atlanta and Detroit. Now, the reason that I'm potentially on this game we'll see is that it's already been been up a half point it opened at 45 and a half it's up to 46 so we'll see what happens throughout the week um really this comes down to a couple things we saw it last week we talked about the concerns with detroit but the detroit home games man like it happened again last week seattle was able to move the ball uh and they put up a bunch of points and we usually like to bet on detroit having success now there's injuries here which is going to maybe shake up how this looks Ross St. Brown is dealing with a toe injury. Uh, Dave Montgomery is unlikely to play, even though Dan Campbell called him day-to-day. They signed Bam Knight. So they're probably going to be without David Montgomery. I'm excited for Jameer Gibbs. We'll see what they do with his workload. Bijan always has a ceiling that we're willing to chase in a great game environment. Uh, and then, of course, they've got value options. Like we saw last week when Atlanta is forced to pass more than seven times a game, (laughs) Drake London can get there. He's 5K. He's very cheap. Josh Reynolds, 4.2. He's very cheap. So there's going to be value options here in a game total that is certainly on the rise being played in a dome.
0: Boy, you kind of snuck up on me there.
1: I am very, very sneaky, sir. There you go.
0: (laughs) Mr. Deeds, man. A Mr. Deeds throwback. Uh, Very sneaky. Uh, I love it. I love the options here. I was just doing a little deep dive on Josh Reynolds. Uh, earlier. He's been good, man. He's been good, and then we forget him and Jared Goff kind of have a history together, right? They played together with the Rams, so yeah, 4.2. He was 3.7 last week. There's a lot of lot of cheap options. Jameer Gibbs. Kyle Pitts
1: is 3.9. <laughs> Which is just so sad.
0: 3.9 is like Dalton Schultz land. Like the worst. The worst place to be in for DFS. Yep. Yeah. All right, so I will throw out that Denver-Miami, although the total's pretty high, I feel like a lot of people aren't going to look at this game, but Russ, man, I don't care how how gross it looks throughout. The end of game stat lines, I understand he had a Hail Mary. He's at least pushing the ball downfield, and that's all I care about for fantasy. So in that game, if they're going to keep up with Miami, I want to keep seeing those options. So I think you can... To a double stack and then find somebody on the Denver side to bring it back with. So I think it's sneaky.
1: Thoughts? I like it. I like it. Yeah. The other thing too is um Jerry Judy was was just back for his first game last week. I suspect he'll be healthier this game. The other thing on Miami side is they've got some injuries currently going on. Salvin Ahmed, groin injury, Jalen Waddle, concussion. So we'll see as the week goes on what happens there. But like if Waddle misses, I mean Tyreek is already going to project well. He's so expensive, but without Waddle, potentially, he could just be an incredible play. And then you could double stack super easily if you get a cheap Braxton Barrios or Durham Smythe. You know, you could you could really get there. So I do like that game. And it could be one of those where like you just don't watch. (laughs) You don't watch Russ. And then at the end of the game, you're like, hmm, 290 yards and three touchdowns. Sweet. (laughs) Like it it got there. So I like that call quite a bit, actually.
0: Smythe is cheap. And he's on the field and he runs routes. And that's all I care about. So With tight ends, give me a bring back every once in a while. Which game do you want to be underweight on for week three?
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit about the Browns already. Um, I just don't know how you can have any confidence in their situation right now. They're now taking on Tennessee. We know Tennessee historically is a pass funnel. We saw it in week one when Derek Carr averaged over nine yards per attempt. And we saw it last week when Herbert Stacks got there and Josh Kelly failed. Jerome Ford is 4.8K. I'm telling you right now, he's probably going to be a cash play, but he's an easy fade in tournaments. We've seen it now two weeks in a row. The running game can't get going against Tennessee. So I'll be fading that situation. Um, And I don't really have enough confidence, though, to play Deshaun Watson's stacks as leverage. Truthfully, maybe he figures it out, but um, it's tough. And on the other side, Tennessee's run game, it was okay last week, but they've got major offensive line issues going on, and Cleveland's front seven is very, very good. So I could see this game just being an absolute slugfest, like a 17-13 sort of finish, and and no one really gets there for fantasy.
0: I, I think I agree with you. i just glad that somehow, someway, Uncle Jerome Ford season just, you stumbled and bumbled your way into it in the worst way possible, because Nick Chubb, big fan, University of Georgia here. Yeah, 4800 is cheap. But the matchup's not great. And I, I just need to see where he lines up. I'm not gonna to X him out early on in the week. I think we need to say, like, hey, it's a cheap running back. Same thing with Josh Kelly last week. It did not cost your lineup. It's kind of just how does the field. If the field is if the field is 60 plus percent on him in cash, I think that's a conversation. If he's like 30% and everyone's like, hey, I got burned last week, but we did see that Monday night game. Like that's the that's the difference here with, you know, Josh Kelly and everything like everyone fresh in their mind saw Jerome Ford go for over 100 yards. So do you think that's a conversation at least later on the week?
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's definitely a conversation for tournaments. I think and we'll see what like they're going to sign someone. I think they're not going to go into this game with only Pierre Strong and Jerome Ford on the active roster. So it just depends who it is. Maybe they bring back Kareem Hunt. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is a, a situation where like a few years ago in DFS, people might overreact to what just happened. But now that people build with projections and optimizers and stuff like that, like it's gonna want you to play drum forward, right? He's just super cheap. He's gonna touch the ball a bunch. I think he's gonna be a great cash play. I think he's gonna be a very good fade though in tournaments.
0: Yep. I'm gonna say New Orleans and Green Bay, both of these teams are banged up, especially at the running back position, and it feels like it's gonna be a defensive struggle. This is my little pro betting tip, okay? I'm not a pro, but I do want to give a tip. If there are teams that play on Monday night and you have early lines, like I, I put the early lines in our spreadsheets on Monday night and then I I update them on Tuesday, always what happens? Whoever plays on Monday night usually ends up losing a couple points or the game starts to go under because the only thing that could happen on Monday night is injuries and chaos, Right? So just something to keep in mind, like with New Orleans, they had Jamal Williams get hurt. Cleveland, they had Chubb get hurt. Things happen. So I, I just see this game being Green Bay at home. I think Green Bay should have beaten the Falcons, if I'm honest. I think they should have won that game. So um, it's not a game that I really want many pieces from. Which team are you most confident hits their over? And last week, you and I nailed this. We said San Francisco and Atlanta.
1: Yeah, this week, I would like to go back to Buffalo. They're at 25 and a half. We finally saw them get right last week. Um, And this is a spot that against Washington. Just last week, we talked about Russell Wilson. You know, the Hail Mary is going to inflate things. That was just a crazy play. But even before the Hail Mary, they put up 27 points in that game. So Josh Allen, you can certainly bet on that offense. And the thing with them is like they are finally getting a run game. Like James Cook is explosive as heck. He looks awesome as a pass catcher and running the ball. So you kind of have this balance now where... They're not one-dimensional. You've got Kincaid stepping up. Steph Diggs is always in play. Gabe Davis actually had a great game last week, too. So, like, things are coming together for Buffalo. They can go over 25.5 points this week.
0: Yeah, I just believe in Dallas, their implied total is 27.8. On the road, against the Cardinals, there's so many different ways. Like, beyond just the defense and how it plays, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, we'll talk about him later, is an alpha. And I still feel like we're not getting him priced as an alpha yet. So, I believe in Dallas a lot. Which team are you most confident hits the under this week? And we nailed both of ours last week, the Raiders and the Bears.
1: Yeah, this week I'm going to take the under on the Jets, which uh, I'm trying to find on our sheet now is uh, 16.8 points. So basically it's right at like 17.
0: That game just went down to 36 and a half.
1: (laughs) Fun, very fun. Uh, Taking on Bill Belichick, who's 0-2 and the Patriots. So if you're thinking about (laughs) ways this goes south, Think about Zach Wilson seeing ghosts in this spot. Uh, uh, Asked to uh, to Sam Sam Darnold from Monday Night a couple years ago. <laughs> like, like it could be rough. Uh, and now you've got, I mean, Brees Hall publicly displeased with his workload. Like, just bad vibes on the Jets uh, going up against New England.
0: I don't want any part of the Panthers. I just can't see myself saying I want to play Miles Sanders, um, which is the only kind of bringback. Your boy Adam Thielen hit over his receiving prop, but it was gross. Hayden Hurst, gross. Terrace Marshall, goosed, sadly. And then it's like DJ Chark, Mingo. It's like everything in the game plan so far with Bryce Young is the exact opposite of what the Texans are doing for C.J. Stroud. With Bryce Young, let's keep things simple. They're not really like making him challenge like down the field in intermediate areas, which is what Stroud is slaying in right now. So you're getting a conservative game they're five and a half point road dogs in Seattle and 18 and a half points. I feel like is going to be tough. Like they, they couldn't do it against the saints at home on Monday night. I just don't see why you'd want to go there at all. So maybe our new thing is just to bet these team implied totals. Cause last week we were four
1: and Take it to the bank, right? These are, these are gold star locks. Um, you can sign up for our Patreon if you want to get our really exclusive. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, I kind of forget that these are a market that we can bet, and like every week we come back on the show and we're like, oh, yeah, we did pretty good, like three and one or four and zero or you know sometimes two and two, whatever. But like every now and then I'll bet some sides for fun. I'm so bad at betting sides, dude. I should just stop doing it and just everyone's bad at that. Yeah. Hey, give
0: some a shout out for how the props went this past week
1: because it was another good week. Yeah, it was fun. We um we took one more on Monday Night Football to move us to I think it was five and two this week or six and two this week. Uh, I can't recall off the top of my head, but yeah, another super profitable week. We've been very selective and trying to figure out the best ways to attack fading uh, players like Hayden Hurst, fading uh, players coming off injury, stuff like that. So we've been really trying to make sure our projections are are up to date, um, get a good read on matchups, usage, stuff like that. So yeah, it's been fun. It's been profitable. Hope we can, we can keep it rolling.
0: Yeah. And we, we give those out. Bet starts an article on Wednesday. And then slowly adds throughout the week. We don't have a huge volume. Some people like to do that, and I think that's totally fine. Ours is to be a little bit more selective. And I think you're eleven and five. That's where we're at on the yeah, season. yeah on the season. Yep. And so one of those losses is me trying to dunk on Zach Wilson. So don't even count that. <laughs> don't even, don't yeah, even count.
1: Yeah, we took it under on Zach Wilson's rushing. Uh, when did he turn into Mike Vick? <laughs> he <laughs> what just <the> heck?
0: <laughs> he just said I I don't want any part of this. All right, one more segment. salary standouts. All right, we're going to go through these pretty quickly, but we wanted to give you a lay of the land of which players we like for week 3. At quarterback, I like Mahomes at 8.3 with the highest team implied total. I get that you're paying up, but 8.3 is still not as expensive as it should be against the Bears defense that has been rolled over by uh Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield. So, I don't mind paying up for Mahomes.
1: Yeah, I think he's the best play. I mean, obviously, you have to pay for it. But like, if you think about the spot, right? He struggled for two weeks. He's at home. Travis Kelsey is going to be healthy in this game. He was not 100% last week. He is now. And the Bears, dude, Uh, they're just giving it up to everyone. Jordan Love had no weapons in week one. Didn't matter. Baker Mayfield, yep, come on down. Rashad White, career day. Yep, come on down. The Bears defense is atrocious and justin fields man the quarterback play is an issue i think you're gonna see a ton of short fields from homes it's not hard to envision you know like 250 and four touchdowns from homes in this game so i love him if you can make it work i think he's a great play the thing is though i think you can make it work right because we talked about those running backs like if you get a drone forward if you get uh we'll talk in a minute about like kendra miller with the injuries to new orleans guys like S- super cheap. You can make it work this week if you get some of those cheap running back plays.
0: Yeah. I want to throw out Gino because he was on the doorstep last week of people just saying the Seahawks are done. And then, of course, they went to Detroit and they won in overtime. And he looked good. At 5.7. He is showing up early in the week as someone that you go, okay, I can play him at home against the Panthers. They have a pretty good team implied total of 24 points. So, Geno is a cheap option. If you wanted to go down there, you can do that. I mean, we don't know Anthony Richardson's status or, you know, we get a Russian quarterback that we could talk about, but uh, any other names you want to bring up? I think people will be curious about CJ Stroud at 5.3 only because of the passing volume. And that game against Jacksonville is intriguing, right? Those are two teams that have produced some fantasy stars so far in the season, I don't think I can have that kind of trust in a tournament. I get it um, at five point three, but I just want to throw his name out there. Anyone else for you?
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't go there in cash personally, just for me. But it's hard, you know. It's 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 difficult to say anything negative. Like he's he's been great, and we can't forget he also ended the game banged up with a shoulder issue, went out and just balled against Indy, and that just kind of gives you an idea of the state of the Colts uh, secondary. So I think in play this week, taking on Houston is the Baltimore Ravens. So it's been a while since we've seen a massive Lamar Jackson spot. Could be this week.
0: Josh Allen on FanDuel is 8.8. Uh, on FanDuel, the pricing's different and the way that quarterbacks are kind of bunched together. I just pay up for the elites. I'm not trying to mess around on FanDuel. On DraftKings, you get the point bonuses. It's a little different. So Josh Allen's my favorite early in the week for FanDuel. At running back, talk to me about those cheap guys because like, I don't want to play two of them, but I think one of them makes sense.
1: I might be playing two of them because there are some incredible wide receivers on this slate, and they are so expensive. If you want Justin Jefferson, you're going dumpster diving somewhere. If you want Tyreek Hill, you're going dumpster diving. Uh, Josh Kelly is 5.4. Last week was not good. The matchup was terrible. This week, it's the best game environment on the slate by a landslide. If Eckler is out, I still think Josh Kelly is totally fine for cash. We already talked about Jerome Ford. He's 4.8K. And then Kendra Miller is 4.3. Jamal Williams is banged up with a hamstring issue. Alvin Kamara still has one more game on his suspension, so he is out for this game. And last night, the only active running back behind Jamal Williams was Tony Jones Jr., who scored his first career touchdown twice. Shout out to him. Um, So we'll see about the injury report. I would be a little hesitant with Miller just because I'm not 100% positive he would get the majority of the looks. He's he's talented, he's explosive, but he hasn't played right in his career because of the hamstring issues. And he missed a ton of camp time too. So I'm a little more hesitant on that one. But like at 4.3, like what do you really need him to do?
0: Yeah, this is the Monday night football pricing glitch because these come out before. So that's why they're priced so low. I I, I don't have my thoughts yet, which is great. It's Tuesday. I don't have to have them fully fully thought out. A couple of running backs that are higher priced that I like this week. Tony Pollard, 8K. If you just said, hey, I have to have a Cowboy because of their team implied total, I think Pollard or CeeDee Lamb make a ton of sense at their price point as huge favorites against the Cardinals. I like Travis Etienne a lot. 6.9 at home against the Texans. I think he had some cramps this past week. So... He'll be fine. Um, the matchup's great. And then Tank Bigsby did not touch the ball last week at all in kind of their hurry up. So he could still steal some goal line work, but at 6.9, that is way too cheap for his role. So he's one of my early favorites. And then Jameer Gibbs is incredible. Incredible in terms of his targets per route run. 36% bets through two weeks for a running back is off the charts. So last week, he had nine targets, he plays the Falcons this week, 6.6, inside a dome. Any thoughts on Gibbs?
1: Yeah, I mean, like everyone, I, there's no denying the talent. There's no denying that he's going to catch the ball, which on DraftKings, that's what we look for. The tricky thing is, I am so mad at DraftKings, dude. Like 6.6, the guy they hasn't really him done up. that much in the NFL, and yet they're already aggressively pricing him. So you have that. Everyone knows the Montgomery situation. Everyone's going to be so excited to play him. But like, are we really going to be surprised if Craig Reynolds comes in and farts around for 20 touches with with Dan Campbell? No, right? Of course. That said, if Amon Ra is out, they have no choice but to get Gibbs involved in the passing game. So we'll see what happens this week with the injuries in Detroit. Um, He's explosive. He can get there on 12 touches. You know, he can do that. Caught seven balls last week. If you're getting that on DraftKings, it's really hard to argue.
0: Uh Mike and I were talking about for our team, like, okay, Craig Reynolds, do we add him? And then we just kept referring to him in the first like his first name. What do you think about Craig? What do you think about Jerome? <laughs> what do you think about Matt? Like Matt Barita. I was like, are we just adding some like interns to our team? That's what it sounds like. Just <laughs> Craig, what do you think about Craig? So uh those are some guys early in the week we like a lot. James Conner on FanDuel is only 6.3, which is super cheap for FanDuel. If he gets the usage, he makes sense. Obviously, you wouldn't want to play Pollard and Connor in the same lineup, but throwing him out there. Let's get to the wide receivers because there are some awesome plays this week. CeeDee Lamb, 7.7, jumps out to me. I don't think we realize like, his usage in this offense has been over the top. Like The best way to compare who CeeDee Lamb is is he is DeAndre Hopkins when DeAndre Hopkins was young. Like, wiry, you know, crazy hands and then runs routes all over the field and is targeted at like an insane, like 30% targets per route run. So CeeDee Lamb, I love a lot at 7.7. You like my boy Keenan.
1: Yes. It, straight up, I prefer CD for a hundred bucks more, but I just want to throw Keenan out there. Now, I think he might be a little popular for tournaments, so we'll see just because the game environment is so good. But man, Keenan Allen, nine targets, 10 targets through two weeks. It's just what he does. But he is currently on pace, and it's only two games, but currently on pace to have his highest uh yards per reception mark since twenty seventeen. Has Keenan Allen found the fountain of youth with Kellen Moore? Because he's down his downfield role is not what I pictured at all. And you did talk about some of the zone stuff with Minnesota. Keenan just eats up zone left and right. So especially if no Eckler again, you could see another ten targets coming Keenan's way.
0: You are you are talking so dirty right now. My mind's telling me <laughs> But my body, my body's telling me yes. Oh, man. It's a great, great time to be a Keenan Allen lifer. I, I like truther is just not even good enough just a lifer. I hope he lives forever. May Keenan live forever. <laughs> um, he will. Jo- Jordan Addison, that same game, is way cheaper if you want some exposure to that game. That's going to be interesting for cash. Like, do you pay up for Jefferson? Do you go down to Jordan Addison, who's been good but still not getting full-time uh, like plays, and then, do you want to go somewhere else? Like, uh, like you mentioned, like Josh Kelly's going to be in this game. Mike Williams. There's a lot of different areas to go in that game, so keep that in mind. In the middle tier, if Amon Ra is out, which do we have an update on his turf toe? I feel like you you talked about this earlier in the week, but it could linger for a little bit.
1: Yeah, there's no uh, updates from the team, so we'll just have to wait and see what the practice reports say. But you know. It's it's one of those that kind of feels Terry McLaurin esque where it's not a super serious injury that's going to keep him out for weeks and weeks and weeks but like it wouldn't be surprising to see him out there this week if he plays at less than
0: 100%. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in Reynolds at 4.2. You have Zay Jones on here at 5.4. People will go box score hunting and go that dude airballed last week. He had a touchdown and they had what, three touchdowns that they couldn't get the toe taps in, but Zay Jones is still fine at 5.4. He's a lot cheaper. Do Sorry, some, that's
1: Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers.
0: Ah, dang it. Um <laughs> Well, I want to bring, bring up Zay Jones because I think people are going to have some Calvin Ridley wounds. We did talk about Christian Kirk last week. So Jaguars wide receivers in general, do you want to buy into them after being burned last week?
1: Uh, it's kind of a whack-a-mole, right? Like if you bought into Christian Kirk week one, you weren't happy. If you bought to Calvin early in week two, you weren't happy. But like we did see Kirk ceiling game. The other thing is that the Jags just haven't put it all together yet. We'll see if it happens. I mean, it's a small sample of two games, but Lawrence has struggled a little bit. Um, and so if he gets back on track, I can certainly see that getting there. Zay Jones, though, we do need to be mindful. He was in and out of the game last week with a knee injury. So he could be a guy that is limited this week, potentially, or misses practice. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Uh, Zay Jones... Zay Flowers. The one thing I'll say about Zay Flowers, 5400 against Indianapolis, he wasn't the first read anymore when Mark Reed, Mark Andrews got in there. So that it did change the dynamics and that made sense, right? Like it wasn't just going to automatically happen, but the price is still too cheap to ignore his role on a full PPR site. So I like that a lot. I want to throw out my boy Nico Collins at 5.3 I posted a video of him, you know, just his his targets. And and that that's kind of who I'm becoming. You know, I'm not a thread guy. I'm more of like a, hey, let me let me grind the tape, post the video. Love I it. mean, it's, in, it's enlightening. It's who I am now.
1: I love it. What did you see on tape?
0: Oh, man. What I saw was, <laughs> no, for real though, he was like running the same like deep in where they were just like, hey, let's just use his big body. And granted, there's a lot of pass attempts for CJ Stroud, a lot of them. So in a neutral game script, I don't think this team wants to pass as much as they want to, but this team is never really ahead. So they also don't have a
1: choice, right? Like the offensive line is a a mess. Four out of five starters down last week. Damian Pierce couldn't move the ball. They kind of have to throw the ball if they want to move it. And like you said, Nico's looked great and his underlying metrics have been awesome. We also mentioned on the Dynasty show, I brought him up as like, go trade a second for this dude. Like, go get him because um, his his metrics like as a rookie improved to year two, and that was with Brandon Cooks on the field. Now we're seeing him as the dude. So yeah, John Mechie isn't really a full-time player. Dalton Schultz isn't doing much. Tank Dell's exciting, but unproven. So I think there's a lot to like with Nico.
0: What do you think about Tank Dell and Cash? 3.6. Uh,
1: I haven't thought about it. Do you have numbers in front of you as far as what he played snaps-wise and routes and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, let me uh let me pull those up cuz we were I was looking at him, he was 79% of the snaps last week, 10 targets, 7 for 72 and 1.
1: That sounds pretty nice. <laughs> at
0: 3.6 on a full PPR site where I bet Collins will be more popular, but, you know, 3.6 is a punt. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just want to make sure that early in the week I'm not crazy. All right. Um Stefan Diggs on FanDuel. 8k I will be playing Bill Stacks on FanDuel because they're way cheaper than they need to be. At Titan this week, this might be a week where you and I are not punting the position. Travis Kelsey went down $400 in price. I don't know why. He's a week healthier, plays against the Bears at 7.2. I'm kind of interested.
1: Yeah, and this is this could be a spot too where, like we said, if we do get those you know, low 5, upper 4K running backs and you want to get up to Kelsey... It's totally viable on this slate. And like you said, he's healthier than the Bears. Defense is Swiss cheese.
0: My punt earlier in the week is Durham Smythe, the aforementioned Smythe, 2.9 against the Broncos. I feel silly even bringing it up, but let me just hit you with this. Fourth most routes run at the tight end position. Durham Smythe, just like we all projected. Nine targets in two games. That's fine for a punt play, six for 67. So if you want to punt, he's on the radar.
1: And especially if Jalen Waddles out, it would even make even more sense. Also throughout too, I, I think I'd probably prefer to find a way to get up to Kelsey if you're playing an elite, but Mark Andrews at 6K, also a weak healthier. We saw him have a bunch of the first read stuff. He just didn't really look, you know, the same explosiveness that we're used to. Now he's taking on Indy who just got carved up by Cedis Stroud a week ago. So Andrews, whether it's in cash this week or as a tournament play, I'll be having some exposure.
0: I don't like to declare locks early in the week. These are famous last words, right? Like when I t- <laughs> when I told you last <laughs> night, guys, pick behind the curtain. Last night, when Kendry Miller was declared inactive, and I said, "Hey, Jamal Williams, he's a lock for two receptions." <laughs> 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 Lee, it, I even said,
1: said to you, "I said you just you just lost that bet I, before it, the game even started." I was like, "Why would you even say that?"
0: And then, of course, he did. But this is my lock early in the week for cash. I cannot imagine. And the salaries have to work out. The bills against Sam Howell are under 3K. Like, I look for two things in a cash game defense. Are they under 3K? Can they rush the passer? Bing, bang, boom. Like, we got it right here. Sam Howell is 2-0, and by the way, <laughs> which is just hilarious. Uh, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, the 2-0 and boys, Baker Mayfield, just like we all imagine. But Sam Howell. Is 2 0, oh, but he also sports the highest percentage of pressures turned into sacks. 36% of his pressures turned into sacks so far. He holds onto the ball, and this Bills defense is good, and they're favored on the road. So I don't, I just, that's who I'll be playing.
1: It makes sense. Um, there's other options too. I think the Jets are totally fine. Taking on Mac Jones, they're 100 bucks cheaper. They're at home. We talked about that game environment being absolutely disgusting. What did you say it was 36 points?
0: 36 and a half.
1: I don't know if I've ever seen a total that low, except for like maybe crazy wind or like rain, snowstorm. We've seen some Steelers games games that get to
0: 34, but not this early in the week.
1: That is insane. So the Jets look fine at
0: 2.8. Yeah. Defense, who cares? Who cares? But uh, those are some options for you. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. It's our DraftKings League. We mentioned earlier that we've had people that joined the league, entered the tournament, and they're saying, hey, I won a tournament for the very first time. You did pretty well, little little toot toot bets in one of our tournaments, right?
1: Yeah, I took second, which oh. I hate I hate victory lapping cuz I want to take first. So, whoever that was that I had first and coming for you. But yeah, had a little little fun sweat there going uh, on Sunday with one of our tournaments in our league.
0: Yep. So, join us at ballersdfs.com. Join the league, enter the contest, great contest to invite your friends, first timers, you can be a part of that. Bets, sign us off. We'll talk later in the week, right?
1: Yes, sir. We are back on Friday, and there's so many things that I think are going to change throughout the week, so make sure you're plugged in to the DFS Pass and our Friday show where we get you guys ready for the main slate. Until then, have a great week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web
0: at thefantasyfootballers.com.